Hey everybody, welcome back to Sludge Glamorous. This is the pilot episode two. A continuation of episode one in which I was so rudely cut off at the five minute mark. Because I'm using an app called Podbean. And there must be some kind of time limit on it. I was right in the middle of a thought. Didn't get a chance to talk about Sludge Glamorous. So for those of you that are just tuning into this podcast, this is called Sludge Glamorous. It's the one and only Melvin's podcast, celebrating the legacy of this incredible, experimental, influential hard rock band. In this podcast, we discuss Melvin's episode, Melvin's albums, rather, in depth, deep cuts, trivia, news, and the occasional special guest. And it's all for you, the Melvin's fans out there, or maybe the casual listener, maybe someone who's heard about the Melvin's through a friend. Maybe you associated the Melvin's with 90s grunge music. Either way, we're here to talk about the Melvins and their legacy. But in this this episode, I want to touch on my experience. And I want you to be thinking about what your first Melvins experience was. Where did you hear them? How did they fit into your life? Going back to the title of the podcast, Sludge Glamorous, it's really based on the thought of the irony, and also a 12-inch EP that the Melvins released in 2010 in On From the Nursery Records. And that album had three cuts on it. Desiree, remixed, which is a cut from The Shining. It's the theme song you hear. When you first start watching the movie in the intro, the Melvins covered it on an album called Nude with Boots. On that album was also It Tastes Better Than the Truth. That's a remix. Originally found on the Nude with Boots album. And then on the B side, you have Youth of America, which is a Wipers cover. And originally found on the Electro Retard album that came out on Man's Ruin Records in the early 2000s. When I was thinking of what I could name this podcast, a couple ideas came to mind. One of them was Raise a Paw to cast. Get it? Raise a Paw from the Ozma album. And then you have some other songs like Vile and Revulsion, songs that would make a good name of a podcast, but ultimately I settled on Sludge Glamorous. Melvin's being associated with sludge, the word glamorous being somewhat ironic, since it's probably the least glamorous of all the genres. So, for episode two, I want to touch on a little bit further 
some of the experiences that I've had listening to the Melvins over the years. It all started for me in the early 90s. Do you remember the BMG Music Club, Columbia Records, things like that? They would send out these paper catalogs that were filled with music that you could order. I think it was 10. You could buy 10 albums for a penny, 10 CDs at that time for a penny. I think they sold cassettes as well. But it was very alluring to a 14-year-old kid, the fact that you could double your CD collection for one penny. So I dabbled in this a little bit. I found ways to get away with ordering the CDs, and then you would you know, send in the change address form, and then they would start, BMG would start billing wherever you changed your address to. You never had to put a credit card on file, anything like that. It was just free-flowing CDs everywhere. The Melvins caught my eye through this catalog. I didn't have any friends that listened to the Melvins. I hadn't heard of their music before. They weren't on MTV, but they were in this catalog. And the catalog alluded that they were the godfathers of grunge. And that, to me, was pretty exciting. At that time, I was listening to Nirvana, Alice in Chains, Soundgarden, you know, the, the Seattle music that was coming, that was popular at that time. The only music that you could find, really, this was before the internet, um, unless you had a big brother that had a great connection with music. Um, I kind of grew up in the sticks, and, you know, I, I didn't have access to, to those types of things very easily. So this was exciting to me. I put it on my order. I received it. The album was called Stoner Witch. This was my first foray into the Melvins. And I loved it. It was great right off the bat. You had, um, you know, songs like Revolve that were pretty straightforward. And then you had songs that were more ethereal, heavier, stranger. Songs like At the Stake, Lividity which is just a eight-minute bass line. I'd never heard music like this before, and I was instantly gripped. Fast forward six months to a year, Houdini was next. It came in through, through that BMG catalog again, and I was able to get my hands on it. And there's a key track on that album that instantly pulled me in, that hooked me for life. It was called Honey Bucket. And I loved it right off the bat. The speed, the technical aspect of the music, the chugging guitar, the gnarled vocals. All of it spoke to me. It was amazing. And then you had Night Goat. Uh, So many great songs on there. Weird songs like... Pearl Bomb, the whole, the whole gamut of oddities and imagination and excitement, it all just really captured 
my imagination at that time. And from then, from then on, it was it was finding whatever I could get my hands on. Um, I think around that time, um, once I finally got my hands on Houdini, it was somewhere in 95, 96, uh, just a few years after it had come out. I think it was originally released in, in 92 or 93. Stag could be found in record stores. I remember when that came out. Um, and that was the next one I grabbed. And I liked Stag even more. Stag was the had such a variety of music on it from odd kind of soundscapes to chugging metal songs to weird Dale Crover blues songs like Cottonmouth. There were trumpets on there. There were slide guitars, so many different types of music that I feel like that was almost their most experimental album. And we'll get into some of the other experimental albums as we as we move on with this podcast in future episodes. We'll really dive into the albums that would come at their creative peak, which in my opinion was Honky and albums like The Bootlicker, The Maggot, things like that. Hostile Ambient Takeover. We'll talk we'll talk talk on all of those and we'll dedicate an entire episode to just those albums. But today we're just talking about my experience. And while I'm vomiting this information out to you, be thinking about what the Melvins mean to you. And I'd love if you could leave a comment or tell me about what your experience was. Because for each person, each person can connect with an album and a moment that the Melvins have created for you. So that's going to do it for this episode. I just want to get this out there. Future episodes will have music snippets, discussions with Colin, guests debating the hottest topics of Melvin's music. We're going to be debating what's the best Melvin song, what's the best album, what's the worst, worst album. We'll get into all that. So follow me along on my journey as we explore the Melvins. If you're new to the band, you're going to learn a lot. And you're going to love it. And I thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next time on Sludge Glamorous.